welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again until you get kicked out of your group because your entire marital bliss existence is a sham. It's time for the Pop 5 Weekly Wrap-Up. If a headline was made, then it's fair game for Shade. And joining me on the panel this week are Mikey and Jane, and maybe Scout if he shows up. We'll find out. Um, <laughs> How is everybody? Welcome to Spoopy Season. Oh, man. Spoopy Season. It's October 1st. Oh, spooky. No, Spoopy. I don't, I don't do that. Okay, so spooky season was because there was a meme that went around because someone messed up the word spooky and it said spoopy and now everyone says spoopy. Do you not do you not have spoopy up north? No. Shaboopy. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, shaboopy. <laughs> shaboopy. Well, I'm sure you have a lot of shaboopy. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be taking five pop culture topics, headline stories, and rather than the usual rapid fire, we're going to break them apart and share our thoughts. There are lots of things happening in a given week, so some of your favorites may not make it. But if you want us to discuss something, reach out, DM me at Michael Block Talk on Instagram. No promises. And yeah, we had a lot of things happen this week, and we had a list requested by Azalea Parsons, who was going to join us, and she's not here. that's okay that's okay we have a lot of fun things to talk about and before that i have two announcements are you ready sure all right first off those who work in new york nightlife it's officially time to start nominating for the glam awards and this is your opportunity to nominate me for best writer and block talk for best podcast mikey who who would you nominate if you could um nominate Sibling rivalry! And there it is. <laughs> Listeners, we're going to have a great day and be fine to Mr. Mikey, but no, 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 no. These jokes are going to be fun today. Listen, he says every week, oh, I was going to be kind, but then you open your mouth and talk. So, so nothing's going to be different. Well, the other fun news is the merch has dropped. Block Talk pins are available. You can either get the Block Talk logo or the Tea Time pin, the special edition for those who listen to all my interviews. You know that we do Tea Time, and it's a really, really fun pin uh, because like it has a little tea bag, and on like the little edge of it, it says Block Talk. So you can still have Block Talk on your pin, even though it's a Tea Time pin. They are ten dollars each, or two for seventeen. That is a deal, people. And when you have a tote bag. I have a tote bag. Um, oh, you have a tote bag for sale? I need that merch. Potentially, potentially. I've, I, I've, I've got one and I don't like how it came out. So I'm going to have to re-find a new place to do them at. Because um, I also messed it up three times before I got it. It was such a pain in the ass. Oh, that's not cute. Um, no, it's not cute. But yeah, all of this has helped me get to DragCon UK in January because that would be such a fun trip. And I need some money to get there because <clears throat> international travel is not easy. Amen. It's not easy. All right. Let's do it. Are you ready for our first topic? Sure. Yeah. The Try Guys said bye guy to one of their own after the happy marriage touting Ned Fulmer has been caught cheating on his wife. 
Popular YouTube group of former BuzzFeed employees, the Try Guys, have cut ties with member Ned after allegations surfaced that he cheated on his wife, Ariel, with a girl named Alex, who was an employee of the company. The two were spotted kissing at a Harry Styles concert. What? Ew. With a litany of problems that could have opened up a wave of future scandals and legal problems, the group stated that after an internal review, they did not see a path forward together. Fans of the group have found previous videos of Ned discussing his strong marriage, as well as noting that the worst thing that could happen to a marriage is cheating. Since the drop, the logos and artwork have changed, and they've gone back to their Triceratops image. First, what will be next for Eugene, Zach, and Keith? I mean, I guess they can try to be a trio. What's next? What's next? Um, the Try Guys try handling getting canceled. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Try Guys try anal. Um, no, but sure well, yes, that also that. I mean, Try Guys try only fans might be a thing. There, there it is. Uh, now, listen, I um, remember them from the BuzzFeed days. Um, as Mikey noted, um, our, our, our mouthy teethy guy. That's the one I always remember because I was like, you're just a fascinating human and I can't figure you out. <laughs> um, but I remember them like individually on BuzzFeed back when BuzzFeed was like, cool. Um, and then I guess they branched <laughs> off and, and whatever, but I'm not like a big YouTube person. Jane, I know you're a Try Guy fan. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> um, so... <clears throat> This was definitely, they are like the most unproblematic, like you, like YouTube celebs out there, in my opinion, I feel like. So when I scrolled on like um, Instagram that Ned Fulmer will no longer be in the Try Guys through like internal investigation, like we don't see a path move forward. I'm like, what is going on? And to read that he cheated. He was known for being like the wife guy. Um, any chance that he got, like he talked about his wife. He even does a lot of like work with his wife. She is an interior deck. Ariel is an interior decorator. She um, decorated uh, or she uh, did some design work for their new office space. And <clears throat> and they both have like a podcast. They released a cookbook together. So she is part of like the whole branding and the company as well along with Alex who's the associate producer of the Try Guys and she's also been um in a couple of videos as well and also side fact Alex was with her then boyfriend for 10 years and (laughs) and they recently got engaged last last year or a couple of years ago and there's a video of like the bridal party try like the try guys doing like gowns and shit and and ned talking about her yep engagement and shit yep um i guess my uh the, the question here obviously cheating is a is a thing we, sometimes we um make it a national scandal like bill clinton and sometimes someone cheats and you're like eh, whatever is the problem here because he touted himself as the the perfect marriage person or is it because it is an employee of the company and all of the problems it would literally cause should they no longer be a thing and then um she'd be like well you fired me because of this this and this like what 
if he had just found a random ass person, would it be a different topic? Yes. I agree. This is this sets up a dangerous precedent. Now they anyone they want to release can come forward and say, I was sexually harassed and I got fired because of this. So it puts the entire company in jeopardy, whether this is the case or not. Um, and honestly, it, it put, you know, people he was friends with, their livelihoods at risk, took plenty of offer. Like people are losing jobs from this. There's brands that now lost the opportunity to have episodes with the Try Guys, have deals with the Try Guys that basically because of this scandal, the whole company's taking a pivot. There's tons and tons of people this affected. It wasn't just an affair. It was an affair with a coworker that now is having repercussions that could lose people jobs and lose people opportunities. If it was a random person, it would have been, still would have made the news, but it wouldn't be as egregious as it is now. And he probably would still have a job. Now, here, here's my other question. When it comes to him being a face of the Try Guys, obviously that's gone. Yeah. They, there's no discussions of him being bought out or anything. He might still be there, but not there presently on screen. Well, the thing is that I know um, Keith, Zach, and Eugene kind of do their own thing outside of Try Guys, but I think Ned kind of doesn't i think he does do like hr ironically hr and analytics and the business aspects of try guys so it is pretty interesting in terms of like well when you say he's he doesn't work for try guys in what aspects is does he not is he not the face of the company or like maybe does he still do like the business aspects but he's just like behind the scenes you know what i mean i i have a feeling like there's obviously a lot more that the fans will never get to know because it's not their right to know but i have a feeling he's not gone but he's taken a massive step back and it's going to take um season 57 of um the mass singer for him to get back into the good graces of the fans no, I give it three or four years and exactly not I've even three or four years. Um, not even three or four. I would even say maybe one or two years and he'll be back. Like, I'm so sorry. He's going to go on the I'm sorry tour and make his marriage work. Oh no, Are we yeah. going to have one of those awful fucking clickbait uh, YouTube videos? Yeah, I, I cheated Fuck on it. my wife. Asterisk, asterisk, heart wrenching, emotional, asterisk, asterisk. So sad. I hate you too. Um, okay, straight men keep fucking up. Why can't straight men or just people in general just have period. a conversation? Why can't conversation. straight men? Period. Yeah. Um, like They're temptation is real. I get it. It's a thing. It's a thing. Uh, maybe the gay community now, where maybe the gays are able to communicate better than the straights. I don't know. But like, is it possible that? dare I say, maybe had a hall pass because the way she's um, reacting has been very, very nice. In, in public as well. Um, or they have What if they had an open marriage? Right. What if they did? It, what? It, I mean, obviously, it's because she was employed. That's the bigger part here. But what if it was okay by her? But I think if she came... They should just come forward and say that then. Because that's going to take a lot of the shit off of them. And it's then 100% focused. Because now everyone's trying to do the poor Ariel. Why is she staying? Blah, 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 blah. It's like... Just say we have an open relationship and he was a dumbass and did it with an employee and shouldn't have. Like maybe that's she, it. Maybe, maybe Alex was her third. 
Kidding. No, it's not true. Maybe. I don't know. It, it's like straight people being in an open relationship is fine. Just do it. Like the gays have zero issue with it. Y'all need to stop stigmatizing yourselves so much. If you want to have sex, have sex. Jesus Christ. Um, Jane, let's let's have a moment here and celebrate the three that do remain. What is the highlight of the Try Guys? What is your, the favorite video you've seen? Oh, I like any um, videos that out of all of them, I feel like Eugene is definitely more like um, out of all of them, like not only like interesting and smart, but he brings like a lot of like awareness and he's also just very talented too. Um, Actually, Mayhem Miller has been in a couple of Try Guys um, videos. I think she is the drag mom of Eugene. Mm -hmm. And um, I think Eugene's great. I do kind of like Keith's. uh, That's like the crazy looking one. Um, The tall teethy one. Yeah. (laughs) His eat the menu videos, even though like towards the end, they kind of make me sick because he gets really like gross and like bloated. And he's like, oh, he's like, I don't feel good. Those are kind of fun. Um, Zach. Zach is whatever he's he's fine um not my favorite try guy but um yeah I feel like maybe and I feel like maybe this month since they announced that they're releasing one video um a week they used to do two um but this month they're just releasing one video a week and I think it's just giving them like time to re-strategize like how to shift their focus without Ned and um, move forward from there. And also it's like, how could you not, I don't know if they are gonna address the scandal or not. If they were smart, they probably shouldn't. Um, Just because like, they don't wanna further damage their reputation. And also like, they can't, where's Alex in this whole situation because she's also part of the content creation as well the more you talk about it I'm like oh my god Lifetime's gonna pick this up well I disagree I think they need to address it like in a sit-down video like as much as we all hate those like clickbaity emotional things like because we all watched I mean maybe we didn't all watch and it was just me peripherally when Shane Dawson was going through that shit and Jeffree Star was going through that shit and we're just sure. making videos nonstop, mm. not addressing any of the critiques people were having. And it was like, are you going to talk about all your racist shit going on during the 2020 Black Lives Matter protests? Or are you just going to make videos about makeup? Like what's happening here? And if they completely ignore it, it's going to alienate more of their fans. The fans feel like they're owed an explanation and unfortunately they kind of are and they're going to parade like they're owed an explanation until they get one yeah but then it's like how are they gonna I see what you're saying but how I'm just curious like what that would look like then like because if Ned's not gonna there I mean what if Ned's not gonna be there then Ned's not really there to like defend himself or explain the situation it's just like the perspectives of Keith, Eugene, and Zach, you, you know, um, <clears throat> unless they like actually bring like all the staff members of the Try Guys and they all like reflect on the situation because, like everyone says, it, it affects like the entire yeah. like staff. And, and I'm it's sure not there's only the a face. lot. 
there's a lot of legal red tape at this moment. Oh, for sure. You have to make sure whatever PR push you're putting out there is legally okay. Because they don't want it to be slander. They don't want it to be anything like that. Because then that's a lawsuit with them back around. But I mean, they they have to come out and say something in a video in for their fans of like, this is what happened. This is the decision we made. We want to assure, and maybe, you know, like you said, have the entirety of their team there and then say like, you know, we want to assure you that this is unacceptable and that if anyone else has anything, like having that conversation kind of on video, I mean, I, that I think would be enough for where the fans are like, okay, great. We, we've seen it addressed. We know it's addressed and it's not another like celebrity claiming they're going to address it and sweeping it under the rug. Mm-hmm. Well, right. <clears throat> we'll try guys. Tried cheating and it didn't work out. They're trying global scandal right now and it's not working out too well. Well, speaking of things that are a little scandalous, Ryan Murphy's gore porn Netflix series Dahmer has caused controversy for simply existing. The 10 part series follows infamous serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer through his pursuit of 17 young men he killed, his arrest and persecution. It became the streaming service's most watched series. Critics have questioned the need to revisit the source material, while others have noted that the series does focus on the victims and the importance of how the targets, mostly black and brown men, were also victims of systematic racism as the police did not take the case seriously. The series is also under fire after Netflix tagged the show as LGBTQ content. First off, let's discuss. Did we watch? What do we think? And spoilers for those who have not finished. I watched episode one and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Same, but I'm familiar with the entirety of this story and the series. Yeah. So. Here's what I'm going to say. As far as a piece of cinema, I think the first episode was cinematically the best thing Ryan Murphy has ever done. Agreed. Okay. It was captivating. It was engaging. It drew you in. You. It, it was really one of those things where you're like, you know what's going to happen, but you don't know how it's going to happen. And it was well done. Um, could Murphy and friends have done the series through the lens of the victims rather than making Dahmer the face of the series? Could that yes. have made things better? Yes. Yeah. Could they have actually, you know, spoken with families and spoken with victims and, and actually communicated with them? We're making this series. We want to have your consent. We want to have your permission to use your like like could we want to donate to you and family mm-hmm. suffering yeah they could have done that too but ryan murphy said look at all the money i'm gonna make and- exactly you think ryan murphy's ever gonna do any of that kind of shit no he at the end of the day he is an actually not good person and i, I will no, say he's a garbage person he is a garbage person wait I mean, he didn't he didn't take a salary during pose i think he donated all of that allegedly <laughs> yeah um i've watched two episodes so far it really is a very fascinating series. Obviously, having even a discussion of how fucked the police were with this case and how the signs were there and they let it go, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, it is a focal part of the series. This is, I believe, the second Jeffrey Dahmer-inspired um, piece of cinema uh, in the past five years as uh, Ross Lynch played young Jeffrey Dahmer prior to um, the first killing. And so if you watch that movie, uh, very, very interesting take. I just want to know what this TV show does different 
that all the other documentaries, movies, etc., so here's, here's did, not, did not do well. Other than the fact that this is going to win Evan, uh, uh, Evan, what's his name? Uh, Peters. Peters, thank you. Evan Peters, a Emmy. Other than the fact that it's literally designed to win him an Emmy because he looks, sounds, and is acting his fucking face off. Other than that, why did we need this? It's because apparently there are still a lot of young people who did not know of this story prior to the series debut. And that begs the question, is it important to keep retelling stories for future generations through the current medium? Oh, that is a good question. Um, I mean, it is part of history, right? Like, and, and in a way, it's almost like the, like a Ted Bundy case. You kind of want that out there to remind young women, this, the, the hot, sexy man who's suave and going to talk to you, he may not be a good person, so beware. Um, I don't know. It's it's a very difficult conversation to have because you want it done properly, and, and Ryan Murphy should have spoken to the families. End of story. That should have been step one. Yeah, but at what point do we then say, okay, it's true crime obsession of America versus America has a trauma porn obsession. America has a violence porn obsession because that's what a lot of this was. The first episode I watched, I was like, okay, I kind of liked it, but I'm feeling kind of weird about it. And the more I sat with it, the more I'm like, I don't know if I want to keep watching. Like it felt very gore porny. It felt very like trauma porny. Like at what point is our true crime obsession really just trauma porn obsession? And we like watching minorities suffer because that's what it tends to be. The, we're not getting all like, um, what's his name? John Wayne Gacy. We have like no movie about him because he was eating little white boys. But yet we get the gay one where he was eating black and brown gay men. Like it, it, it's, it's a trend that I don't want to see continuing. And it's, it's just not it. I, and I also kind of feel like, I mean, I, I do admit that I am very true crime <laughs> obsessed, but, but there is a point where like some of the media outlets that do discuss like these serial killers and, you know, all these terrible things that happen, it's almost like sensationalizing them. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, no, these were horrible people that did terrible things and ruin like like their victims like families and obviously their lives but there are so many like moving parts and also like an example with Jeffrey Dahmer not only he like ruined um the victims families but like you know the police like the law completely did the families wrong as well yep. so but yet we're sensationalizing Jeffrey Dahmer who is well, that's the like, question. Who's sensationalizing? Is it the show or is it the media? Because most of the media who have been talking about it has not finished the series. They have not finished the series to know that the focus isn't fully on Jeffrey Dahmer here. And that's part of the problem is because I went to The View the other day and you have Sarah Haynes, who I adore, talking about how it's a terrible series, but she hasn't finished it. Sonny Hostin finished it and said, this is an important show because it's talking about the black and brown victims who have not gotten their justice because of how the white police treated them. That's why she says that the show is important. And again, you have a person of color talking about it against a person who is a white woman. It's very difficult for the media to talk about this without the full story. And that's what I found in every article 
everyone's basing it off of a single episode. Sure. I, I probably will finish it. I just, these Same. are actual thoughts. These are actual of feelings. Course. I have. No, absolutely. And, and, and like, you know, it's great that these straight folks can talk about how this needs to be watched, blah, 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 blah. And like on some level, sure. I can agree with that, but like also the, with regards to the queer community, we also frequently get shit on by the media or turned into the butt of a joke. I mean, look at the HIV. Well, so there, here's the other question. Obviously it was tagged with the LGBTQ um, content and yep. then it was removed. Should after it have been removed? people complained, it should never have been there in the first place yet. They, and after people for like a week and a half complained, they then removed. Okay. It. But, but the question is why shouldn't it have been there? Is he not a gay person? Is he not a queer person? Are you now saying that he is not good enough to be a queer person because that's of what not did? what I'm saying. I'm saying but that's, that, but that's, that's what other people are trying to say. But the issue is it's not necessarily a queer story. It is a true queer crime. Character. It is a true crime story about a queer man. And by putting it in that category of LGBTQ plus, you are saying this is a common LGBTQ plus story that, gay people will relate to that's where i have the issue with it because this is not anything i can relate to you know you can throw up fire island you can throw up bros you can throw up all these other different like love stories or whatever you can just throw up other stories about gay men but when you're taking a true crime and you're putting it in that category just because he's gay that is showcasing and saying to straight people that this is exactly who gay people are because that's exactly where people's minds go that is very well said, Mikey. And that's Thank the and that's a problem with America. I mean, it's also probably put it in there because it's Ryan Murphy and he's a queer um, creator. Yeah. Ryan Murphy needs to stop and think about what he's doing more frequently. I think the other problem going on here is people are looking at it through a lens of document documentary and it's not. It is a series. It's a fictionalized series these conversations are written as a writer has written them, not based on fact. Um, so I think we need to separate the two. It's not uh-huh. a true crime um, docu-series. It is a work of factual fiction. Yep. Yep. I very much believe that, sure, it's a controversial, terrible thing that happened, but it's a story that I want to learn about. What other controversial stories need to be resurfaced? Now, again, going to the view, we they discuss that it's a terrible story, but finally, there's going to be a movie based on Emmett Till. It's important finally. to be out there because no one knows about it, and that's what. Sure, Jeffrey Dahmer is a little different, um, but there is a generation that doesn't know about it. What other controversial stories need to be retold for the sake of? Um, prosperity uh matthew shepherd mm-hmm. um it's hard it's it's hard because you're gonna like the, the conversation is always like how many war movies of of xyz do we need but it's always through different perspectives it's hard when it's a singular character or, or situation or How even the, the same thing you want i mean even the i know 
Michael um, Moore did that Columbine documentary, but school shootings is something that's going on to this day. And there's no changes in terms of like security at schools or anything like that, or even gun control, not to go a little off topic, but. But it's on, I mean, I think it's on topic. It's on topic. Yeah. 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 I, I'm kind of of the belief, and this is maybe just very linear thinking or black and white thinking. What is your story bringing that is not already existing? That's how I feel. And I think, you know, with Emmett Till, it is, Mm -hmm. I think the first time really that this is being made and this story is being properly told by members of the Black community. Whereas in looking at, like with Matthew Shepard, there is fantastic documentaries. I don't need to see a sensationalized retelling, fictionalized retelling of it when there's documentaries like Matthew Shepard is a friend of mine, which is talking about Matthew Shepard from uh, his friend's point of view and the story from that point of view. There's the Laramie Project, if you want to see it in play. For, I mean, there's already great But the media average American but why will consume we- a series as a opposed to a documentary so film the laramie project then do a pro shot of it throw it on netflix put it in series because that show is like five hours long (laughs) throw it in series like five hour long episodes there you go i mean i just then with the media that already exists push it then like if you want like during pride month all these companies want to come forward and talk about oh we're donating to the trevor project like okay great why don't you say oh watch this documentary. We're going to give you a digital copy of it with your purchase. I mean, they can purchase tons of digital copies. Spread more awareness. Like spread awareness of the media that already exists there, especially the media that's linked to the communities and people affected. Like Matthew Shepard is a friend of mine created by his friends and family telling the story from their point of view. That's giving literal victims of his, of this crime his act, like actual finances, actual money, as opposed to Ryan Murphy going, I can make a ton of money off of this little queer story. Well, you know, it's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen. Oh, I'm aware. And I'm pretty sure there's already a Matthew Shepard movie in production. I just, with my thinking, that's what I think whenever I hear it. It's like, what are you bringing that's new? What are you doing now, that the last, to differentiate from everything else? The last thing I want to bring up on this topic is going back to the people aren't aware thing. We have, um, you know, the keyboard warriors being like, Katy Perry, Kesha, change your song. Where the fuck have you been the past 10 years? I know. <laughs> and that's the problem here is it, the people are just not aware. And now they're going to use it as the shouldn't be there. No, they're not going to change the song. It is a moment of pop culture in their music. Um because if we're really going to be serious about it, um, do you really think Kesha believes in cannibalism? <laughs> when we think about it, do we think Kesha actually has any of the masters for that song to where she can change the lyrics? <laughs> That's a different conversation. Uh-huh. Well, let's talk about another conversation about um, more happy, fun things. Like, <laughs> Former iCarly's iCarly star is spilling the tea and the truth of being a child star in her smash hit memoir, I'm Glad My Mom Died. The book chronicles her career as a child actress and her difficult relationship with the abusive mother who died in 2013. 
The book, which is a, who, which originally debuted as a one-woman show of the same name, is divided into two parts, before and after. For those who read it, Mikey, who what 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 are the biggest takeaways? Because you read it in twenty-four hours. I couldn't put it down. I think that in terms of memoirs, it does something really smart by doing it as like sectionalized, vignetted journal entry moments, like pushing the story along. So often with memoirs, we get wrapped up in like these lengthy chapters about a specific point in time, whereas so much of her, because she was an actor and so many things were like little moments here that she remembers that can move the story forward. She does a really good job of breaking it up and making it like two to three page, sometimes one page chapters which is going to be off-putting to a lot of people. I think some of the biggest takeaways of this is that this is not an uncommon experience for child actors. I mean, Jeanette McCurdy went on uh, Drew Barrymore's show and they had a 20-minute interview about this and Drew Barrymore came forward and was like, a lot of your story is my story. And this is something kind of really common that we need to acknowledge and it puts it in our face in a really jarring irreverent funny heartbreaking kind of way reading this story that points i was laughing but at the same time i was shocked at some of the stuff that came forward i mean one of the most tame and this is tame moments to come from the book is she didn't shower without her mother until she was 16 years old i mean and she gets pretty graphic at some points with her eating disorder and with the bulimia she faced and, and with, you know, the reasons behind her wanting to drink and the reasons behind her, you know, masking what she was feeling. And at one point she has a conversation with a therapist and the therapist flat out says, you were abused by your mom. And Jeanette McCurdy says, thank you so much for your time. I will not be coming back to you. And it's, it's raw. It's honest. It's very impactful and it's a victim owning her story in a way that only a survivor can and it's 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 just it's such a great great read especially growing up I watched the show I'm familiar with Jeanette McCurdy um and it's you don't always see what's going on on the inside and I think people should read this book because it's a very good look into celebrity like the inside mind of celebrities and to start realizing that oh there's a lot of celebrities that have this same exact sort of story that we're not seeing because of whatever reason people think Drew Barrymore said on her show why do we have to wait for somebody to die before we can face and own up to the abuse that we suffered from what are going to be the outcomes of a story like this how are we going to see change in abusive relationships like this it's putting it on the forefront and i think we're going to see a lot more celebrities feel like they can come forward now and tell their story because jeanette mccurdy is telling her story already we're seeing more people from nickelodeon shows that worked with dan schneider come forward and say they were victims of his abuse they suffered from him um because they, at the end of the book, she gets offered $300,000 to sign an NDA when their, her show ends to never speak about what happened with Dan Schneider. And she says, absolutely not. But now because she's come forward, other people can come forward too that may also have not taken the NDA, but weren't as in the limelight as she was. Now, obviously, that's going to be a whole different uh, conversation one day. Uh, Ryan Murphy, I'm sure you're going to be on that one too. I agree. Um, <laughs> Where he's going to create a show about BuzzFeed. 
<laughs> literally every topic here i think he'll 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 get a movie about but um i think while everyone's not a former child star many people can relate to this type of relationship and i think that's what is so yeah. impactful about this book what is Jeanette's next move i mean she's really soft acting she's not doing music what does she do next writing she in the book discusses how she wanted to be a writer and she wrote an entire screenplay at the age of like 10 that was a complete direct rip off of Parent Trap, which she had somehow never seen. Um, <laughs> um, but she's always been really invested in the writing and the directing. And at one point when she got her spinoff show with Ariana Grande, who she does not speak of favorably, which we all know that makes me very happy. Okay. Um, <laughs> she, she was supposed to direct a few episodes of that, that spinoff show and, and then got told, well, Ariana doesn't want you to direct, so and would quit the show if you didn't. So, and so she didn't get to direct and that's ultimately what she wants to do. I think we'll see this cause she did have it as a one woman show. I think we'll see it come back and maybe get an off Broadway house and play that. Um, but I, I think it's a lot more writing and directing we're gonna see from her. Yeah. Jane, who will star in the inevitable movie? Ariana Grande. Stop, <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> Honestly, like I just want Ariana Grande, Ariana Grande to audition for it with Jeanette McCurdy on the other side of the table. Just that would be funny. <laughs> um, I mean, the movie's gonna come. You know, it's gonna happen. I'm sure it's already been optioned. It probably has been optioned. I don't know if she'd want to make it a movie. I don't know if it would work would, as a movie. I would see it as like a Hulu like miniseries or something like that. Yeah. I mean, Hulu's miniseries have been pretty awesome. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, like the dropout? That was fun. That was a good one. Yeah, the never, dropout is fun. <laughs> never watched it. Why not? Um, something about Amanda Seyfried makes me crazy. I know. I just not a fan. I get okay, it. Fine. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, what will your memoir be called? I think you've asked me this before, and I have no clue, and well, I probably. still don't have an answer. Jane, what about you? Uh original content okay okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mikey no ideas nothing no 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 yeah no you've asked me this before and i didn't know then and i still don't know because i don't know if i've lived a if i've lived enough life to kind of have a memoir that would jump out as like a, this is because i thought about it after reading this i'm like i could write a memoir like this and my friend um that i do my the other podcast with he just wrote his own memoir so like it's been in the forefront of my brain of like what I could do and and uh, I don't I don't know I don't know if I have a title yet. You keep asking me. Eventually, I'm gonna have one. <laughs> um, I think mine's gonna be called right now. Uh, Mikey ruined my life. <laughs> You're so fucking dramatic. <laughs> True, you ruined my life. Boo, you whore. All right, next topic. The Gangsta Paradise has gone away as 90s rapper Coolio passed away at the age of 59. Details of the circumstance of death were not immediately revealed, though the Los Angeles Fire Department responded to a medical emergency on Wednesday, and it was determined he was determined dead after efforts of resuscitation were made. He is best known for his Grammy Award-winning song Gangsta's Paradise since his rise to stardom in the 80s. Coolio has made appearances in media through nostalgic celebrity cooking shows and being the writer behind the popular Nickelodeon series theme song, Keenan McHale. Um, what were some of your Coolio moments? For me, it's always been the hair. 
that's how I will always remember Coolio is the hair. And I was like, how? How? Um, like I re- oh, sorry. No, Jane, go ahead. <laughs> no, I remember like there was one time at the VMAs he was presenting with Bjork, and Bjork had all these like space buns um mm-hmm. on her hair, and he had his signature braids, and he was like, oh, he's like. I guess me and Bjork are gonna like communicate with our hair. <laughs> it was so corny, but and I she probably it. believed it. She <laughs> probably believed it. Mikey, um, are you proficient with Gangsta Paradise? I know the song. I'm not as familiar with Co- Mr. Coolio and his work. No. Um, are you off book I'm, on Gangsta Paradise? Would you like to perform it? I'm not off book. Um, I absolutely would not like to perform it. Um, I think that would be very problematic that you would even suggest me trying to perform such a thing. <laughs> hey, stranger things have happened. <laughs> um, so what are you going to remember Coolio by? Me? I mean, yeah. I, I'm very like, irreverent about most celebrity deaths like it's not gonna affect me I don't think much I I don't I'm not gonna remember him too much I know the song like I said I don't know a lot of his work I don't know much more than the song and I think the thing that is shocking to me here is the age yeah I was like 59 I thought you were like double that not actually double that a lot older no but it, it's crazy like how he passed because he was like at a friend's house and he was just like oh i need to go to the bathroom and he didn't come back for like a very long time and when they like checked up on him he was just like lying in the bathroom floor so sad yeah i mean obviously we're not going to find out about uh the cause of death for a while and and i'm sure if it is something specific we won't hear about it um but it's just it's unfortunate um, it's very reminiscent of bob saget's death yeah mm. um but coolio really was a very important figure when it came to the rise of rap music um yeah. especially in the the 90s like he probably would be um if you, if you had like a big collage of what the 90s were he's on there mm-hmm. absolutely but very very sad very very sad speaking of sad after seven years, Trevor Noah is leaving The Daily Show. Noah stated that with everything between the Trump presidency and the pandemic, he realized that his time was up. But in addition to leaving the show, Noah has been seen potentially romantically linked up to pop star Dua Lipa. Is Dua Lipa the Yoko Ono of The Daily Show? No. That's a wild stretch, what? even for you. <laughs> A wild stretch. Well, the South African comedian took over from Jon Stewart, who took over from Craig Kilborn. Who's going to be next? Now, Jane, you had mentioned it's going to be the end of the show. I cannot see that happening because Comedy Central, what what does Comedy Central have? South Park. (laughs) Does it? Is that still running? Yeah, still is. Well, there there you go. (laughs) Not South Park then. Um allegedly rumors has it that it might be the end and all of their political satire would be just posted online in terms of um posting more clips than like full-blown episodes but that those are rumors i mean it, comedy central is attached to paramount um and and they're 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 doing very very well for themselves right now mm-hmm. uh, when it does come to digital content so i could see that potentially happening um but who who, who should be next is there a I don't watch the show, so I don't know if there's anyone in the wings of the show that they can pull and be like, you. 
who 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 do we want in this spot? I mean, obviously, political satire is very important nowadays. Um, is there a woman out there who can do it? Um, I think Michelle, like Michelle Wolf, had her own show on Netflix, and I thought that was really funny. And I wouldn't be mad if she was on the Daily Show, but I think there is a um a woman correspondent on the daily show i just don't know her name Mm -hmm. i don't think they would give it to michelle wolf because her show didn't do super well on netflix yeah and i love michelle wolf but her her voice cuts right through people (laughs) so i don't think that if they want that show to keep going i don't think they would give it to her as much as i do love her and find her hysterical I I think I don't know. It might be time to let it go out to see. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Do you watch any shows of this nature? No, no, no. No, I I just watch all the clips. That's fair. I mean, we we are in that kind of world right now where you just want to watch what you want to watch, you and you're not going to sit for a full show. I mean, take some notes, Saturday Night Live. Um, take that back. No, 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 no. We're not even going to wait. Wait, do you really watch Saturday Night Live like from beginning to religiously? Really? Yes. What? okay no that's my show not in joe biden's america it's been my show since i started watching it in the 90s it's it's my show i mean um i think i stopped watching beginning to end like probably at this point like decades or no i've seen like a couple of episodes but not religiously as i used to i love it it's it's my it's it's my comfort i have watched it beginning to end five all times well, that's a it's, new problem no it's i don't have time to sit there and watch 20 sketches where three of them are funny i will wait well you also on. go to bed at like uh 7 p.m old man i do not go to bed at 7 p.m first of all rude second of all very rude last night i went to bed at 11 p.m fuck you oh, oh wow third um i like to read before bed so i go to my bedroom at nine so i can wind down so that I can wake up and be a peppy fucking social worker saving lives. Thank you. Fuck you. I'm vicious this morning. I didn't get enough sleep. Clearly. I was watching Hocus Pocus too. I, I had to. Yeah, I haven't watched it, I guess. Well, I, well, I might do a special for that. We may, we may not put it on the po- this podcast. We might do a whole special episode just for Hocus Pocus Dose. Um... Wow, I cannot believe you are insulting my Saturday Night Live. I'm sorry. I can. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. Like, I I just also feel like that show has been through so many, like, hurdles, too. Um, Like, for a while, it just wasn't good. And yeah and i also feel like michael don't i'm sorry (laughs) and i also feel (laughs) like um the host and musical guests like i I just feel like they kind of bring like whoever is i I don't know i think they had like a couple of like um hosts that i was just like who the hell is this person (laughs) of course i mean it's promotional time for these people as well that's always been part of the trend is to 
bring the moment into the show. When they brought Donald Trump on and then proceeded to be like, fuck Donald Trump. I can't believe he's so popular. Like, bitch, you made him famous. Like, you helped yeah. propel him. Yeah. You helped his campaign because by Because he him was on, on the same funny. network as But still, like, say no. Like, they all want to be like, oh, we're not on team Donald Trump. Like, fuck you. You knew that it was going to bring ratings in. You knew people were going to watch. Okay. That's why you did it. Just like they brought Elon Musk's dumbass on. Yeah, like Elon Musk. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, why did you bring him? He's a businessman. Like, he's not an actor. He's not funny. Yeah, like that was stupid. You know who's gonna host next? Oh wait, Miles Teller is the no, 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 no. Don't fuck fuck you. Not you don't know Miles Teller. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Who's Miles Um, Teller? Are you kidding? A pen and teller. Wow. Okay. First off, next week is Megan the Stallion featuring Megan the Stallion. So that's yeah. amazing. That's, that's fine. I love Megan. Yeah. You know who's gonna be? You know who's gonna host? Try Guy Ned. Stop. 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 Michael. Stop. Michael. Run a full circle. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who is Miles Teller? Are you kidding? I'm not. I'm being serious. From the From drumming my- movie. Whiplash. Whiplash. He's in the new Top Gun movie too. He's in Footloose. The new one? Yeah. Oh. Play Willard. I oh. have not seen a single movie he's in. Are you kidding me? No. I'm looking at his IMDb right now, and I have not seen a single one of these. Maybe Divergent, but I don't remember him in it. And I don't oh, remember okay. that movie. Um, I feel like my Miles Teller is like that actor that like the body doesn't match the voice. <laughs> Now we're just dragging this poor man. Like when you hear him talk, you're just like, "Whoa, what? (laughs) Why do you sound like a baritone, like sixty-year-old?" He's a very, very oddly proportioned fellow. So that's all. This is iconic. This is legendary. This is. You know what? I think I need to bring you two to a taping of SNL. This would be fun. (laughs) Do I went uh, before the pandemic? Do you know who yeah, I got you matched to see? with Bowen I saw RuPaul and Justin Bieber. So I've oh, seen Justin shit. Bieber live and I didn't give a shit. <laughs> I tried to get standby tickets for so much which, fun. Yeah, for the Beastie Boys and the Boston's years ago. <laughs> and Jane just dated herself. <laughs> Whatever. Also, it is Jane's birthday month, so. People Happy just, birthday month. Thank you. Just get Thank ready. You. You're never going to hear the end of it. I know. Um, and Jane is also excited because Dragula Titans comes out on her birthday. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. So I guess we're going to have to put her on the podcast to recap an episode. Um, but I think I'm going to have you on with another guest. Uh, okay. I haven't, I haven't, ran, I haven't asked her if she's okay with it, but um, it might be Amanda Masker. Ooh, be crazy. What are you looking you for? You heard it. Week? You're first. First, folks. <laughs> what, what, what are you looking forward to next week? Uh, what am I looking forward to next week? Well, I'm getting my second booster, so I'm going to be incapacitated Bill. for uh, COVID. What about you? I'm going to New York City, where I'm going to be hopefully catching Titanic. Ooh. <laughs> I need to with, see this gay musical with Frankie Grande. Yeah, I know. 
with Frankie okay. Grande. But it's your choice. You, you're, I just, you're actively putting yourself in it. I know. I'm actively putting myself in a position where I have to witness and look at experience exist around a Frankie Grande moment. But the musical's kind of fire and I need to see it. I also low-key want to see, actually not even low-key, high-key, I want to see the Sesame Street musical. I didn't know there was a Sesame Street it's musical. It's a theater row. It's off-Broadway. It's only till end of November. Um, they have an 11 a.m. showing. Tickets are like $39. And theater oh. row is teeny tiny. So even like, even like back row, $39 tickets are still fine i just love puppets i really love puppets and it's all puppets oh i wonder if my friend knows this because she's worked for sesame for like 20 years because i just i saw the winnie the pooh musical theater row did um also which was all like life-size puppets it's just fun it's not life-changing it's not like (laughs) adult content but it's puppets and everybody loves puppets i hope you get to go on a sunny day We'll chase those clouds away, Michael. All right. Where can we find you both on social media and Venmo and any other things you want to talk about? Uh, you could follow or not follow me on Instagram at pick up your mess. I um, I still that LA guy. Yeah, I don't really use the Instagram all that much lately. It's just kind of, I don't know. I've been taking like a weird social media like jump off. yeah it's been very wonderful yeah. um and then i but i am on a uh, podcast once a month my friend chris um we do cross-border interviews with chris brown we do an entertainment rundown similar to this except it's monthly and it just takes other stories that a lot of them we don't talk about here because Chris and I are very cognizant. We don't want that overlap. So it is other topics that you don't hear here that you'll hear there. Less gay things. Less gay things, but still gay things because I do exist in that space. Um, And he did just write a book that I actually am in, apparently. He wrote about me in it. Hold on, I have to get the title right. (laughs) Just Keep Talking, Lockdown, Podcasting, and Health. It is available on Amazon. Um, both in paperback and hardcover. And it is about his journey with discovering um, uh, with podcasting during the pandemic and with discovering, you know, he had cancer and um, his journey with his brain tumor. So it's, it's, it's a good book. I highly would recommend it. Um, But yeah, that's That's exciting. Yeah. Jane, just wait till my memoir comes out in the chapter about Mikey. Oh my God. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh my God, it's going to be Jesus juicy. Christ. No, it better not be juicy. Rude. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. A big thanks to Jane and Mikey for coming on. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.